Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to MAP Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Mav Sports Take, episode 31. We're your weekly podcast for sports, business, and a whole lot more. Here we are to tackle the business of all news that you hear about in the sports world. Tonight, we have Ricky Collins Jr., who is a former CFL wide receiver who chose to retire in his prime. We're going to talk to him about that decision and why athletes like him make that decision ultimately. I know David has a personal relationship with him up from the CFL. After, we're also going to take a look into the draft process for Mr. David Moore, who is an offensive guard out of Grambling State University, who was down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. We're going to discuss his path, obviously with the COVID pandemic running wild, the cancellation of the season. Uh, obviously, he made the decision. He didn't want to play in the spring. He was ready for the NFL. Senior Bowl was any indication. David Moore certainly is ready for the NFL. So we want to take a look at his process so far. Before we get started here, I want to introduce myself. Of course, Ryan Roberts here, Rise and Draft on Twitter, Director of Scouting over at NFL Draft Bible. And of course, David Turner, 18-year scouting vet in the NFL Arena Football League, including three straight uh, I almost said conference championships. Three state, three straight arena league arena championships. Bowl. Arena bowl championships with the Arizona Rattlers. Of course, he spent some time in the CFL where he met Ricky, and uh, now he is the owner of Maverick Sports Consulting. David, how are we tonight, my friend? Doing great, doing great. It's another wonderful uh, winter spring day here in Arizona. I think we reached eighty-two degrees, and <laughs> and we're in shorts and t-shirts already. I'm kind of worried about the summer now, <laughs> right? Well, it was. Uh, it's like sixty some today in New Jersey, David. It's, it's a good day to be alive, man. It's very. Oh good my goodness! Out here yesterday and today were so warm. I'm like, oh no, the hundreds are on the way. Uh, hundreds on the way could not be me. I don't know who ever could live in that type of climate, but David Turner can apparently. Of course, Maverick Sports Consulting is proud to be partner with the Hub Football Elite Camp. The Hub is the leading football free agent camp. That is invite only. The selection process packs the field with 60 to 70 elite players from around the country to work out in front of NFL, CFL, and XFL teams, all the professional leagues that you could think of this coming weekend. They will be hosting an eight NFL and two CFL teams at their event. If you're a football player looking for an opportunity and think that you would make the cut, register at Hub Football Camp today. So, David, our typical format here, of course, we are live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, thanking everybody that is live with us right now on any of these platforms, taking live questions all night. We have some that I got from the Twitterverse earlier today that we're going to dive into in between our two great interviews for tonight. So we're going to knock out as many questions as possible. But as always, if you're out there and want to throw out a question to myself or David Turner, who has been been there and done that in Basically, every professional league that you could think of football-wise, been in multiple positions, front office exec. He's done a little bit of everything. If you want his expertise and his insight into the game of football or just sports in general, business in general, throw out a question. Appreciate Keon being in the chat. The G, of course, he's talking about Grambling State, which he was an alum of as well. So I know he is looking forward to 9.15 Eastern time when we have Mr. David Moore popping on here. Keon, appreciate you being in the chat with us. And I know that we are going to answer as many questions as possible, David. So I want to get started here before we welcome Ricky Collins on. Shout out to everybody in the chat that threw in a question. We got a lot of questions tonight. I don't think we're going to get to everyone. I actually want to start it off, David. I didn't even talk to you before the show started. Here we go. (laughs) I didn't even talk to you because last week we actually had a question that Addison Wilmon asked me on Twitter, and I forgot to ask it. So Wanted to roll it over to this week. He actually asked a non-football question, which is very welcome on this show. He asked, 
Your favorite beverage, David. Favorite beverage. He said it could be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Your favorite beverage. You got something for me, man? I got several already. I got several. So, okay. So, if I'm just drinking like every day, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be these. It's gonna be I don't know why, but it's alkaline water from Costco. It's like Kirkland brand, but I love it. I drink it like I drink like five of these a day. Okay, and so I know, right? Uh, and then, but if if you're talking like soda, straight Coke, baby. Coke straight is Coke. the nectar of the gods. Just give me a Coke and leave me alone. I'm like happy as heck. You go and talk about you know straight. Uh, you know you start getting into the, the liquor. I mean Jameson. You're gonna pour me something right now. I'm all about Jameson's castmates, and I like the stout version of it. It's it's delicious. It's just wonderful to sip on. We go into beer on a hot day. Usually here in Arizona, you're gonna find me sipping on a Miller Lite. But if it's a little colder day, or you know, I'm like you know trying to get a trying to get a little fancy. Deschutes has a great Black Butte Porter. It's awesome. It's a full beer. It's a black, it's a dark beer. It's a stout, um, but it, it's really a delicious uh, back flavor to it. So, you know those. And then uh, you know if I'm drinking wine, I'm not going to pour me red wine or white wine. I'm going to be a red guy all day. Lately, I've you know and they have been listening to the Cabernets and Syrahs and stuff like that. Especially you know I'm getting a nice Argentina Malbec. I'm, I'm all over it. Well, all right. So you just now said, that like, I sound like an alcoholic, oh, <laughs> right? You just went through everything there. Um, let's go. All right, I'm gonna go through the list kind of like you did for a second. All right, we actually went out to me and the wife actually went out to a vineyard on um, on Saturday, David. We had like a little date day, right? Dropped the dropped the little one off at the in laws' house, right? Went out go. to a vineyard. I'm not. I'm kind of a sissy when it comes with wine, though. I'm gonna be very honest with you. So. I like my fruit wines, so we got all different types of flavors. The Moscato, because I am not like a dry wine drinker. I know this is going to sound really not manly, but it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm not a not a manly oh, wine drinker. Okay. No, you're not manly. You could just stop there. So, yes, exactly. You know, I, not, stop not, right there. Okay. Hey, uh, own, yeah. own, own it. Just own it. I am owning own it. it. Own it. Uh, if I'm drinking something a little harder, beer, you know, I, I can do any type of beer, honestly. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not picky when it comes to beer. Um Whiskey. I'm a big whiskey guy. I'll do. I shoot some whiskey. That sounds good to me. Um, that's what, what. What did you say? I'm actually a Pepsi guy. I'm not a Coke guy. Pepsi over over Coke. That's the uh, taste. No, never that there. Oh. Yes, yes. You're Ugh. just old. You're just old. Set your ways. Pepsi's the taste of the new Ugh. generation. I was told at one point. So Ugh. we'll go there. And then my absolute favorite drink that I love. Okay, I love David. I love the Arnold Palmer man. Half, uh, half iced tea, half lemonade. That's my thing all day, every day. Yeah. Got, got Jack Dispo in the chat. Wait, I know that guy from the kids' show. Oh, yeah, the kids' show. <laughs> Shout out to the kids' show. <laughs> yeah, this is the profits. Hey, guys. Yeah, I was on there earlier. The kids' show. Check out the Prospect Profit podcast if you haven't. It's fun time. David goes on there. What's it? Team Building Tuesdays, right? You Team, on team Building with- Tuesdays. Today we did all the right. Carolina Panthers. We went through free agency and then how that's going to affect their draft. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we have you all warmed up with our bad beverage takes, uh, what is repping? Yep, repping New Jersey. Absolutely, man. Always repping New Jersey. Also, repping, uh, shout out to Dan Cassidy if he's in the chat. I don't know if he's here yet, but I got the Eastern Sports Group shirt, Eastern Sports Group here. Um, that he it is his agency that he represents some players. So, shout out to Dan if he's out there. I don't know if he is. Now that we have you all warmed up with our bad beverage takes, <laughs> want to welcome in someone that David is very familiar with. Got Mr. Ricky Collins Jr. popping on. Ricky is yes. a former Canadian football wide receiver, played college football at Kilgore Junior College, Midwestern State University, and Texas A&M University Commerce. He was a member of the Green Bay Packers of the National Football League, as well as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Hamilton Tiger Cats, and, and the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League. I looked into Ricky's a uh, little bit of his backstory. And his statistics, final year up there in the CFL, over 1,100 yards on 78 receptions, had a fantastic season where David, of course, got to know him uh, in his dealings up north. Ricky, appreciate you, man, coming on with us today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing? I'm doing great now that I see you, Beva. How are you, man? (laughs) Man, I'm doing good, man. Just got off from work not too long ago from the gym, so everything's good. That's Man, you down in Texas? How's that weather though? Is it warmed up now? Oh uh, yeah, it warmed up a lot. Um, I think it's like sixty something degrees right now. 
Okay, you'll catch us. We're at 82 today, so you'll okay. you'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Got that dry heat out in Arizona. Heck it's yeah, baby. Heat. It's all good. <laughs> now, Ricky, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you real quick. David filled me in, you know, before the show when he told me that you were coming on a little bit into your story. I want to get into the retirement aspect of everything. So I know you were a, obviously a very good football player up in the CFL. You made the decision to retire. So without me laying out kind of the context of retirement, can you just fill in the viewers on what made you make that decision ultimately? Uh, my family was the biggest the biggest part of everything. That's number one. Um, given the fact that we just had a newborn, he's a month old, a month in. Well, he's getting ready to turn two months, actually. So with him him being the, the newborn, um, I already had three kids prior to him. You know, um, everything was working in my favor as far as staying at home and not having to even worry about going back up, up north after the uh, situation that happened. We'll get into that more later. But, <laughs> you know, that it made my life uh, easier as far as, like, choosing to retire and walking out like I did. Well, like I told you, this is an unmuzzled show, so don't get all right. political on me now. So, but uh, I want, I'm telling you, loosen it up. Let's go. Uh, but I want, I want the young kids to learn why, why someone like you, a man that's in his prime. I mean, you, if you're going to play Canadian football, you had at least, like I told you earlier, five more years left in you. Right. You're coming off one of the, if no, you're coming off your best season ever in the Canadian right. football league. And yet I get family and I get everything. But what happened that really sparked the, you know what, man, I'm just going to go on and, and move on. All right. It's unmuzzled. Unmuzzled. Say whatever Always. you want. <laughs> the Given the fact that I got uh, at least a day before I was supposed to get a, a $30,000 signing bonus, that's the things that pe- the kids and people outside of football don't see on a day-to-day basis as far as what we see being a player and the product of the game. For that team, uh, so that played a, a gigantic role in me retiring. Given the fact that that left a bad taste in my mouth, um, it goes: How do you release a eleven hundred yard receiver just because you owe him money? That's that's just one thing, you know. Like where where does that really happen outside of the CFL? You know, NFL, you a thousand yard receiver, you gonna get paid. You're going to be taken care of, too, on that team, your respective team that you just finished the last season with, especially if you have uh, two more years left in your contract. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, when we got Ricky, I was at Edmonton, and obviously he was a player that I wanted. So I put the argument together for him to bring him over, and then Brock signed him. Ricky committed to the team for three years. In the CFL, that's kind of a rare thing. Most players want a one, possibly two-year deal because then they want to hit free agency again. The three-year deals are rare. And when, when Brock told me we got Ricky at a three-year deal, I'm like, oh, we just stole one. We just <laughs> stole one. And, I, and he was like, you're so hyped on this guy. And I said, man, I'm telling you, once you put him in our system, Jason's system, it's over. It's a wrap. He's going to fit. We had Greg. We had him. We had uh, Smith. We, I mean, it was just a wrap. It was just done. And he came in, and what was it, week six or seven, you were leading the whole CFL in receptions right. and, and reception yards and everything. Like, he was the top receiver in the whole league. And so I was looking at the gym, like, told you, like, this is it. Here we go. And, you know, he was a difference maker for the team. And now, like, what he just, like Ricky just said, here we go into the third year of his contract and he's owed a roster bonus, I think, or was signing bonus, sorry, payout. And, and he and this is the business of football that people don't understand, even sports. It happens in the NFL. What's going to happen between now and free agency because the NFL salary cap is taking a huge hit. You're going to see stuff like this happen because teams can't afford to pay the player. But the player made the right decision to, for his family to, you know, sign a three year deal, have stability, financial stability. But it's not as much as he thought it was going to be guaranteed and they were going to take care of him. The, the organization chose to let him go the night before his roster bonus was due to save right. the club money. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the thing about it is that the um, Brock had offered me a contract, but it was, to me, it was disrespectful off of the year that I was coming off of. Uh, he wanted to take 
50k from me, roughly. Uh, he wanted me, you know, this. And it was just one of those disrespectful things. Like, man, how are you gonna disrespect me like this? And I finished in the, in the top, in top ten. I was number eight in receiving yards. I was number eight in uh receptions. Like, how do you, how do you disrespect somebody that like that? But go out and sign a guy to a hundred and ninety nine thousand dollar contract, and then re-sign somebody another receiver for one fifty five, and then try to take mine all the way down. So you know, it's like I said, that was disrespectful to me. And it was disrespectful to my family and my career, you know, given the fact of, like I said, I just had 1,100 yards. Like you said, week six and seven, I'm leading the league by a landslide, you know, in receptions, receiving yards, stuff like that. And it comes to show, like, bro, if you just get me the ball, I'm going to make plays. I'm going to make something happen. So it was, like I said, it was, it was easy. It was an easy retirement. And Ricky, has there been uh, since then, because I know obviously with like COVID popping up and the CFL getting put on hold and like there's a lot of factors that I'm sure have kind of maybe justified even further your decision to retire, right? Because like mm-hmm. it just seems like everything is just kind of getting stacked against a lot of CFL guys, right? Is there mm-hmm. has there been any want in you to maybe give it another go around? Is there is there that itch that still maybe needs to get scratched to play football again? Uh, right now, no, because I mean – I am uh, the the facility that I trained at throughout my career in the CFL edge performance. I I just got hired as the uh, head speed and agility coach up there. I have um, Route Demons Inc. It's a uh, it's my business where my basically the receiver school where I train receivers. Um, then I have my seven on seven team that I that I run out here in Tyler, and you know I do personal training. So it's like I have different avenues to make income, you know, and Another thing that was a key factor was that I was able to stay home and make the same amount of money what the CFL was trying to, you know, trying to uh, offer me. And and it's probably going to come out more because of having to live in Canada for X amount of months, pay bills, and then have to pay bills back home down here in Texas because when the season is going to start, which they they still don't know when the season is going to start. So I was going to have to lock in a like six more months on my uh, apartment in t- in Tyler, so you know I was, I'm me me saying I'm making I'll be able to make more money staying home than I would have going to Canada. And you and you get your family all the time now, right? Like there's yeah, no breaks man. in family time. This was to be honest this this uh, this whole year, man. It was the first time in my career that I didn't have to leave six months on six months off. This was my first time in my career having all of my kids for a whole year. And that right there did something, you know, me being a family man and not having to leave my kids. I'm like, bro, yeah, this is, yeah, this is easy. You know, I don't have to worry about this. I got this, this, and this set up. So like I said, it was the family and then just the disrespect made it a lot easier. And again, what advice now we're coming up on draft season. We're yeah. coming up on free agency. Free agency is what, Ryan, like five, six days away. Yeah. And, and you know the drafts, you know, over just a month away or so. What advice would you give these players that are going to hit the market or be cut or whatever? Um, I know the NFL is a different ballpark because of the sheer numbers and dollars, right? But I think what you just described—the disrespect and that mindset that you're that you you know you felt—I think you have some good, and you're such a good person i mean that's what right. i loved about getting to know you in the locker room and everything you're just such a good person what can you pass down to these these young men now that are about to walk the road that you're you walked and you chose to retire one thing i can say is that um kids well i'm not i can't even call them kids young these young adults that's going through the process about to go through the process um Go out there and make it a point to be respectful. Demand respect and give respect at the same time. That'll take you a long way. Um, it'll do numbers for you, believe it or not. If you're respectful and, you know what I'm saying, you may respect, that'll take you a long way. Um, do what's best for your family. Set your family up. And then, you know, just whenever you play it, whenever your name is called, just make a play. It's real simple. Real simple. Hey, hey, 
I wish it was that simple. Not all of us had your talent. Okay. You know, yeah. they throw my little ass a little ball. And you know what? I, I caught it and went down. I was just like, hey, I was happy to make the catch. Ricky turns it into 95 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, man, you know, just like I said, just go out there. Do what do what you can do. Do be the best you. That's what I can tell the tell the young athletes. Be the best you that day. Be the best you on the field. Be the best you off the field. You're the, the person that you are off the field outweighs what you are on the field, believe it or not. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. If you're if you're um, an asshole off the field, then what are they gonna do? Are they gonna take care of you or are they going to find ways to get you out of there so just like i said just be mindful they just have to be mindful of things like that yeah and now what who's a mentor as you were coming up because you had a road where you went to a few colleges you you know your road wasn't like a clean path right so right. you've had your adversity through it and even when you hit the cfl you weren't like an instant all-star i mean when you got to edmonton you know boom you right. you, you just Cultivate. So what's some advice that you carry with you each and every day from us, from an individual, a teacher, a mentor, maybe even your wife? Like what's something that you carry with you to help you through the adversity and things that you might always, you know, lean back on as uh, you've uh, gone through it? My mentor when I got to the CFL was Shamar Chambers and Rob Bag. They both told me to go out there, make a play, make sure they respect you. Make sure they respect your assets of the player that you are. Make sure uh, you leave it all on the field, you know, because any they was like any any could be your last play. So leave it all on the field. That's what I got from those guys. Um, my mentor Josh, the the head man at Edge Performance, he was my trainer. He was just telling me every day. He was like, "Look, whatever you do, leave no doubt out there that you didn't give it to all. Because if you leave doubt, then." The spectators are down you. The business is down you. So leave no doubt in anybody else. I, I can tell you, uh, with me, from training camp, obviously through the season, you left no doubt. And when, that's why I reached out to him when he, Ryan, when he, when he, when I saw the the the, the TSN report that he retired, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, something had to happen here because this, this is not an athlete, a man, an individual who. The game, the game needs more Ricky Collins Juniors. They do. Appreciate it, thank you. You know, because he's an ambassador, like you said. He takes his pride on on the field, to off the field, to the community, to the locker room, to all of it. Like he, he really approaches his mindset. Everything to the game is the right way. So when I saw that, I had to reach out to him. Like, like I mean, he hadn't heard from me since since anything. But as soon as I saw he retired, I'm like, Ricky, wait, what's going on? <laughs> all right, man. You know what's crazy? I had uh, I've been getting like text messages, phone calls, like, bro, what's up? Are you healthy? Like, is something drastic happening in your life? I'm just like, no. I said, the only thing drastic happening in my life is the disrespect that I got from the CFL. I said, other than that, nothing. I'm perfectly fine. I can go out there and play right now another four or five years if I wanted to. But, Easily. But me being a man, I have to, I have to respect myself. You know, if you're not gonna respect me, I respect myself, and that's what I did when I retired. I made I made a, a point to respect myself and to keep my manhood. You know, mm -hmm. absolutely. And and I know David mentioned, you know, you're you're like an ambassador of the game, right? Like you, we need more Ricky Collins now doing the work that you do, working with younger athletes and mm -hmm. and make, trying to be like a guiding light in in a sense for them. How rewarding is that for you now to be on kind of like You've been there, done that. You're kind of what some are aspi aspiring to be at this point. Man, it's uh, it's very rewarding, man. You know, I have I have athletes on the team that's getting uh, offers from Alabama, and like uh, he just got a so the running back just got an offer from Alabama and USC. And what I tell them every day, I said, bro, somebody is always gonna try you. Don't give them no reason to try you at all. I was like, you have to make sure you're the bigger person that day. I said, what you have to do is understand who you are as a person, not as a football player, as a person first. Once you understand your identity as a person, you'll understand your identity as a football player. So, you know, it's just this little stuff like that, man. It's it's very rewarding just to see where the kids 
come from, where they're going, and where they're going to end up. You know, like that's that's the biggest thing for me. I just love how he calls them kids. He's he's a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're the same age too, David. So you're the only two kids right now. Yeah, I know. Trust me, I know you two are like kids, and I'm I'm sitting here listening to y'all talking. I'm like, man, you got trust me. When you get to my age and you're an old head like me, it's a whole different ball game now. We don't have hair. Hey, well, I mean, I got I got a head full of hair, sorry, fellas. Oh my goodness! Now, how now? If if the if the people down there want, where you, tell everybody where you're training, what you're doing. I know you mentioned a little bit, but here's here's a little thirty second commercial time for you, and tell how people how to get a hold of you for your personal training, your seven on seven team, all that stuff. Take advantage of this time. Right. So I'm uh, based out of Tyler, Texas, my hometown. Um, based out of Edge Performance in Tyler, Texas, where I do personal training, class training, group sessions. Um, if you want to reach me for the Route Demons Inc. trainings on field, uh, speed and agility stuff for football, you can reach me at uh, 3 underscore gully on Instagram. Or you can reach me at uh, Twitter at Real2XS. Awesome. So, again, here with Mr. Ricky Collins, Jr., former CFL star wide receiver, now retired, but he has better things happening now, in my opinion. You know, he's got the family, he's got the business, everything is working out. Ricky, Appreciate you so much. This is a pleasure being able to meet you for the first time. I know David enjoyed kind of catching up a little bit. Really appreciate you giving us kind of the larger scope of your story and your your decision, obviously, to step away from the game. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Hey, Ricky, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with the with the audience, man. Nah, no doubt. You know I had to come lace them up. I know. Trust me. Hey, I tried to get you to lace them up this weekend and come out to the come out to the hub to get you another contract. You told me no. Nope. You gave me the Heisman. You're like, uh uh-uh, nah, ain't gonna man. happen. You Ricky, you just need to head out there, man. Just not even for your personal, you know, growth as as a football player. You just need to go out there just to show the kids how to how to do it, man. You know, show them, show them a few little lessons, you know? Hey, man, one of the know. best route runners I've ever witnessed, this guy right here. One of the best route runners with the softest hands right here. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks, Ricky. All right, Ricky. Appreciate it so much. We'll definitely have to have you back on again, man. Really appreciate the time. No doubt, man. Let me know. For sure. Awesome. So again, Ricky Collins Jr., former CFL star wide receiver that David got to know up in the CFL. Um, David, really nice perspective because that is, again, he mentioned it, right? That's the side of football that people don't typically see. And it happens, and you can attest to this, a lot more than people are aware of and people might think. Well, people use words like cap casualty. Right. Well, there you go. Which makes it's, it sound like that, that it's again, you're dehumanizing people, right? Like it's like, it's like, oh yeah, cap casualty. That's all right. It's, it's nothing but business, but like they're people who, are, who they're need pe- it. Yeah. Money, it's like, you know, he had three kids. He signed a contract that thought where he thought it would be paying his, you know, bills for three years. And he was going to live out the contract and he performed to earn the contract. Like we just saw Dak get paid and uh, yep. was it Jalen Ramsey said they don't pay for showing up. You got to have effort. Well, Ricky gave us everything we were looking for, you know, and more. He was the top 10 wide receiver in the league that the time, the year he had an ability to, you know, perform on and he had 1100 yards. And I mean, you know, he had, I think he was even closer or more up the ranks, five, fifth or sixth in receptions in the league. Yeah. So, you know, it's like he's, a again, a cap casualty, but that's the real-life human story right there. You know, and he, he recognizes it. I recognize it. He has four or five more years if he wanted to play, but he's like, you know what? I got to move on for my family. Now, if it was the NFL calling him to come play, guarantee he'd pick up the phone, you know, because <laughs> that's a different level of money. And, and it's a different level of going and doing it. And I'll be honest with you, like if Ricky, if Ricky was, was somebody I found earlier in my career, I, I could have helped him get back. You know, he got injured in a, a mini camp or something uh, at the Green Bay Packers. So then they shook him um, early and he didn't get another opportunity. But I mean, when I watched him run routes, soft hands, I mean, he's a guy that could have been a third receiver, been a special teams guy in the NFL for sure. And he, he could have had probably a nice little four, five, six-year career there. 
and made some decent money. Yeah. And and obviously it's the unfortunate part of sports, but I, I, I give him all the credit in the world. Right. Especially now that, you know, I have my first daughter kind of just seeing a glimpse of that man. Like I want to be around her, you know, like I don't want to be anywhere else. So definitely get that perspective. And obviously the disrespect of that situation that he went through the timing of everything. I, I can't blame him for feeling the way that he did. Right. So no, I, I mean, this, yeah, I got this it. is a situation where you saw other receivers getting signed. The right. club offers you a deal that, and then the night before you're owed like 30 grand, which again, I'm sure the wife and him have budgeted into their month, you know, into their budget. Sure. You know, he get let go. And it's just like, man, that, but again, I just want to humanize the process that we're about to see. And we started seeing a little bit today on tag day. Some people were getting let go last couple of days and over the next 10 days going into free agency for the NFL, we're going to see a lot of players get released because the salary cap was well over 200,000 last year. And now they're saying the floor is 180, but they're, they're going to bounce between a cap of 182 to 186 somewhere. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of restructuring asked to be done. And there's going to be a lot of guys getting cut. Um, and Ricky, I thought it was great timing to be able to have him on and give the audience an opportunity to see the human side of what's about to happen. And, and all these, like you said, the dehumanizing words to make it sound pretty. Here's a real life person that affected his life and his career. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Cause I mean, I was just talking about this with a couple guys the other day, right? Like it's like you mentioned the decrease of the salary cap. I mean, at worst, right. I mean, at best it's going to be decreased by like 14 to 15 million from what I'm hearing, depending upon. And we've already seen it, the casualties that we usually see, but we're going to see it at a higher degree. We're going to see a ton of restructuring of contracts to make some cap situations work. Like there's going to be a lot of maneuvering and a lot of people again, because we just see these guys on Sundays and assume that they don't do anything after they leave the stadium. Right. Like it's, it's like <laughs> they're in a, it's like they're in Endgame, right? Uh, uh, for Marvel or something like that, right? Like they snap their fingers and then they disappear, and then oh, on Sunday they'll come back. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's a shame that these stories happen, but it's nice to get a little perspective on it because this is the business of football. This is unmuzzled sports talk. So we're bringing you the stories that ESPN doesn't want to talk about, right? That other publications don't want to talk about. We'll talk about it because who else is going to talk about it, right? And that's the perspective we're bringing. We want to get back to some questions because we do have Mr. David Moore Jr., who is a 2021 NFL draft prospect out of Grambling State, which I know David has a deep admiration for HBCU, historically black college and universities, that I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit when David Moore comes on, which going back to the summer, I, we actually hosted an NFL Draft Bible and HBCU seminar, which David Moore was a part of, highlighting some of the top seniors uh, who are draft eligible for that event. And obviously when we did that, you know, I'm looking for great prospects, right? Like him, uh, Quinterio Cole, who's at Alcorn state, Teron Mallard, tight end, a glass quarterback at Alabama A&M. Of course, I'm looking for great football players, but when you get into an event like that, you find yourself not talking so much about football X's and O's as much. And you start talking about the significance of playing for those schools. And I know we're going to get in that with David a little bit. Uh, David Moore, that is. Oh, we have two Davids. I just meant, I just noticed. No, <laughs> D Moore. I'm going to call him D Moore. I'm going to call him D Moore when he pops in. All right. So when we have D Moore on in a few minutes, we're definitely going to get into a, a, every, 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 um, every outlook, every perspective we can. Because I don't want to just talk to him just about his draft process. I, we are going to talk to him a little bit about that, but there is a deeper meaning to this conversation for me and for David Turner. Let's get in, though, David, before we start into some of these questions. I know we had a lot. We're not going to get to them all just because we just keep talking and we're not getting anything done. So, question from Fantasy Football Hub. He said, we saw Henry Ruggs Jr., or the third, I'm sorry, Henry Ruggs III, surprisingly be there, be the first receiver taken off the board last year. Anybody, do you, is there anybody that we think could come off the board first that will surprise? Or is it for sure that it will be Jamar Chase, of course, the wide receiver out of LSU. I don't know if you want to start this one, David. I have a a take. I don't know if it's hot, but I do have a take. If you, I know the drum you're going to beat, but I don't I, hear it. But no, I think Chase is the guy. Like I'll be honest with you, I, I think I watched. I went back and actually did start watching now that March first is coming on, and I I started actually doing my my research a little bit more. Um, 
you know, I, I really like the kid. I think he could be special. He could be a rare athlete. He's a kid that, you know, if you put him with the right team, it, it's just going to be silly. Um, so, you know, I think in our mock drafts uh, so that I've done so far, you know, I see him going like six or seven that high in the top ten. And, you know, he could be a guy that really explodes on the scene next year. Um, and, and again, putting him up there in Detroit on that offense, they need a playmaker. They need a guy that could, you know, go with golf and, and be young and grow and do all that stuff. And they just saw what happened with Jefferson in Minnesota, helping that offense out and all that explosion. So, you know, for me, I really see that as a, as a natural fit for him and for them. And I don't know if he slides past that. Yeah, I, I actually put him to Detroit in my most recent mock draft. I love the fit. That's because you copy me. They did not. No, I, I mean, it's the first time you just met, you just admitted that you haven't watched Jamar Chase until recently. So th- this is not a this is a brand new take for David Turner. So don't try to play make me a plagiarizer. You and Lorenz crack my code. You go uh, in, you look at all my stuff. Okay. I know. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Well, I do love the fit though. Kenny Galladay not tagged by the Detroit Lions, so he's hitting free agency wide receiver. So there is a massive need there. I will say though, David. So you thought I was going to say Jamar Chase easy, right? That's what. No, you I thought. I know you're going. I know you're going. I know you're okay. going. Okay, here's where I'm going. Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the class for me. If I was making the pick, I would draft him first wide receiver off the board because I think that he could play a variety of roles as an X, as a Z in the slot at times. Like I think he could do everything. But I but. think that, I think Jalen Waddle is going number one, the first wide receiver off the board. I just do. I think I think speed sells. We saw why Henry Ruggs just went before Jerry Judy last year and C.D. Lamb. I think that we're going to see something similar. And I don't blame him because I think Jalen Waddle is a damn good football player. Like I do not blame a team for valuing him and his play style even more than in Jamar Chase just because of how special of an athlete that guy is. I mean, that separation. I want to see that. I want to – yeah, no, like pre-injury, I'm with you. Yeah. Because I, I told you – I've told you my story. Last year, I'm watching the receivers from from Alabama getting ready for the draft, yep. and I saw Waddle, and I text the Giants college director, Chris Petty, and I was like, Petty, you watched the 17 at Alabama yet? Holy smokes. His stop and starts ridiculous. Like He, he yep. can generate speed at a you know quicker than I've seen in years, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's not draft eligible. I haven't watched him. I said, man, do yourself a favor on a Saturday morning. Just pop him on. <laughs> And, and he texts me like two Saturdays later. He's like, man, you're right. And I was like, I know. <laughs> that kid is amazing. He's like, fantastic, man. But now fantastic. with the injury, like, you know, we saw him do some stuff in the bowl game. I just want to know how that that checks out. If, yeah. if, again, if that is healthy and good, and then you could be right. But I still think, in my betting, man, yes, Chase would come first and then Waddle will come second. If I was the one making this selection, I'm right there with you. I there's just an inkling in me. It's just I just think that it it, it is contingent on Waddle being healthy, but it's been another two months. He got back very quickly. I know he was limping around in the national championship game, but he has had an extra two months. There was no structural damage to that broken ankle. Um, so I think he's gonna be okay. I think he's gonna be able to test whenever their Alabama's pro day is. I think it's later this month. So now, I you think know, it's going to run in the four threes, and it is going to be a no-brainer at that point. You know what I would do? And this is – I just heard this today. I heard yep. Trey, Trey Lance isn't going to run because he's going to let his GPS meter speak Did for his – Did you see it? Did you see the number? No, no, no. Well, here's what I think. Yeah. If hey. I'm Waddle, yeah. I might do the same thing. <laughs> well, no, I, I I don't blame you because I, I think they see Waddle's, Waddle's – Waddle's GPS meter has got to be ridiculous. I think I think I saw it, David. I think Next Gen had him at like almost twenty three miles an hour or something, dude. It was like a ridiculous number. They had Trey Lance at six three two twenty five at like twenty one point five miles per hour in a game last year. So like, dude, it's not slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I when I saw that today, bro, I was just like, man, so many more kids are gonna do this instead of run forties. They're just right. gonna say take take my my GPS and go with that, and the forty might become obsolete because of technology. Uh, man, it's such a silly thing. I know people want verified. I like. I get it. You want all the verified me- measurables. You want the verified times. Like, you want the straight comparisons. Yeah, yeah. Right. You want the straight comparisons. I get it. But like, if you watch Trey Lance play football, like, 
There's no speed compa- There's no speed worry. You know what I mean? Like, there's no athleticism worry. That dude. But again, Trey Lance is a quarterback. I ain't. I, Joe Montana right. didn't run a four four. You know what I mean? Well, it's Tom even Brady. Like, Tom Brady didn't run no four. He ran a five two. Tom Brady. Yeah. He's what did Peyton Manning run? Did he even break that? I mean, can come I, on, can guys. I, can, I, like, can I say dog shit on the uh, on the podcast? Because that's what Tom Brady. Want, I don't like. give a fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I love this, man. I love this because we can actually, you know, say whatever we want to say. It's awesome. It's good stuff. Uh, We actually do our next guest in, David. Looks like we're not going to get to as many questions as possible tonight uh, (laughs) because that's just what happens. So I I don't want to keep our next guest waiting because he is a fantastic football player who is now joined the set now. I got Mr. David Moore Jr. out of Grambling State University. So for the people listening, right? My first time talking to David, again, NFL Draft Bible held an HBCU seminar in the summer, and David was a part of that. At that point, we were expecting there to still be football this year for David, potentially at Grambling State. Then ultimately, with the COVID cancellation to the spring, he made the decision to opt for the 2021 NFL Draft, and obviously that has gone very well for him so far. Went down to Mobile, Senior Bowl, dominated all week. David, man, long time no see, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good. How y'all doing? Wonderful. Oh, man. we're great, man. We're doing great. We're excited it. to have you on. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. We, 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 uh, Dave, I, I can't tell you enough, man. We really appreciate it so much because I know this is a very busy time for you. Yeah. Getting ready for the pro day. It's been, I'm sure, a whirlwind since the senior ball, just with meeting with teams, continuing your workout regimen. Uh, let's start there, man, because I know I kind of highlighted a little bit, right? That we, Spoke in the summer. At that point, the world was a little different. It was uh, still uncertainty, obviously. But speak to the viewers real quick just about where where it's gone since the summer when we last spoke and how you are now where you are, the process and, and kind of making the decision to eventually opt for the 2021 NFL draft. Um, okay. Um, for me, when COVID first happened, I went back home because I was working at Lowe's in the summer just, you know, make some change, um, you know, the meal prep and things of that nature because, you know, Grambling, we didn't have those type of facilities um, like the bigger schools when it came to, you know, just trying to keep your body a certain way. So uh, once I I actually went home after my birthday, so I went home, you know, before my birthday so I could surprise my mom because I know how big she is. She wanted to see me, uh, so I surprised her for my birthday. Um, I continued to train back home. Um, I went to the gym, did some some um, some training camp work at, um, with the boxing gym. So they was in camp training camp, so it was some tough work. So, you know, that's probably the best cardio you can have is boxing. So um, I did some some boxing, some aerobics, all type of things just to stay in shape. Um, then it came close towards the season. And, you know, I had to make a decision. You know, it was coming up fast. I really wanted to play my senior year, you know, because you only get your senior year one, you know, one time. So just to go out there with my, my brothers and things of that nature and um, go to war with them, that would have been that would have been what I wanted. But, you know, I had to do what's best for me at the end of the day. So with that being said, I sat down with my coaches, sat down with my family, and um, I told them, you know, what I wanted to do. And I, I just went from there. Um, I had left home around, I want to say mid-October, November. And I came down to Houston, and I just started training right away after that. And um, I just really just been training all the way up to the senior bowl, just waiting for that moment. And then the senior bowl came. It came fast. It came very fast. Um, so I've been, I was waiting for that moment. Um, they want to. Let the lights, you know, uh, take over, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, become nervous all throughout. But once I got down to the senior bowl, um, the first, the first day, you know, just not playing since Thanksgiving of 19, um, and then your first game, I'm well, basically you know, your first time being back on the field against the best of the best. So, you know, it was like, okay. Just getting my confidence back, my confidence back, that was my biggest thing. 
I knew um, physically and uh, and everything. I knew I could compete with the guys. It was just a matter of just having that confidence in myself when I get back on the field. So I would say halfway through the first practice, I got like a big pancake. I was like, I like, yeah, I'm back. I feel like, <laughs> I like, yeah, I'm back. And it just went from there. I just uh, got into my groove and um, I just tried to, you know, improve day by day. And then uh, seeing bowl. Team ball left and now the pro day. So, you know, I've just been training. I'm really excited about that. So just um have finished out strong with pro day and um, you know, let God continue to, you know, lead the way. Now what now fill people in really quick so they know a little bit of your backstory. Where are you from? Where's hometown? Um tell us a little bit about family life, you know, growing up and then and then what was it about Grambling that made it a good fit? to you and, and 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 what was the importance of being part of an hbcu okay um i'm from little rock arkansas um i had both my parents they they did a great job of raising me and my my two sisters in the household so i never really wanted for nothing growing up so i was i had a good childhood um when it came to high school i came out i came out as a non-qualifier um I, f- I didn't start playing football until my junior year of high school. I played a little bit in peewee, but my freshman and sophomore year, I didn't really, you know, insert myself in class like that. So I had to play catch up my junior and senior year. So uh, once I really became committed to football, you know, I had to play catch up. So I came out as a non-qualifier. I had, you know, a lot of interest, but, you know, they couldn't make the offer because of my situation, like Oklahoma and a couple more schools. But um, I didn't know what HBCU was. Um, coming out. So for me, it's like Arkansas, you know, the bigger schools, like SEC, you know, SEC schools, things of that nature. So, you know, the offensive coordinator at the time for Grambling State came down for a home visit and he just started talking about the history of Grambling. I came a little bit more intrigued about it. So I went on a visit and um, the rest was history. You know, they sold me. So, you know, I, I'm, I was grateful to call it my home for the last four years. So I, I, I'm grateful. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. But uh, just to just to be representing the HBCUs, it means a lot, you know. Especially you know, smaller school uh, compared to you know the bigger schools, the powerhouse schools when it comes to football. Um, just showing the guys that are in my position that as long as you put the work in, you know, anything is possible. And I just want to be able to set the best example for them and just you know inspire them. And David, I know I know we're we're in a now a, a section of HBCU history, right? Because it, it's it, you know it's obviously historic, right? At the significance of these schools, but now we have kind of a media rise in the coverage now with a guy like Deion Sanders now coaching Jackson State and maybe bringing the HBCU programs more to the forefront. What is it like for you to see maybe a little bit of that evolution and the media coverage being kind of amplified a little bit and getting more exposure that they deserve? It's it's exciting. It's, it's, it's phenomenal, you know, just to have a, a legend like Dion to, you know, take that chance of coming to the HBCU and just, you know, bringing the spotlight here. So it's, it's amazing. You know, I I saw them, they played Grambling. They played Grambling the other day, and I was just, I was hurt. I was hurt. You know, uh, but it was a good game, you know, though. It was a good game. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it, but it was. <laughs> it was good for him, though. You know, it was great for him. You know, just to come in and, um, you know, just new opportunities for you know a lot of players, um, a lot of schools. You know, their exposure, you know, can help them. You know, with facilities, all type of things. So it's just great overall. You know, just to have them here. And David, we we actually have um, we have some questions going on in the live chat. Keon Johnson, who actually is a Grambling State alum, he was he wants to ask how much is Eddie Robinson's <laughs> presence still living at Grambling to this day? Uh, Eddie G. Robinson, his presence is every day. Like especially if you watch the game, like for instance, Jackson State, um, they were at the goal line and they they you know just about to score, but he fumbled the ball. Um, right before the goal line, that's something we would say, Eddie G. Robinson. Like with certain moments, <clears throat> excuse me, when certain moments happen, they were like, "That's number Eddie G. Robinson." So, it was, <laughs> so yeah, especially in the old. So it's like, man. So yeah, his presence is, is very felt. 
No, no, go ahead. Finish up. Man, it's just something Coach Fives preach about, you know, just the history of Grambling. Um, and, you know, Eddie G. Robinson, his, his, his legacy lives on forever, especially in Grambling. Like, he's still the man there to this day. Oh, he's the man in the HBCU football history, man. Like that, that's 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 it now. Uh, but where now? You talk about um, training down in Houston, and then um, your pro day. What? When is your pro day? And and where? What facility are you training? Who? who which coach are you working with? Um, my pro day is March seventeenth, next Wednesday. Um, I've been working with Bruce Matthews. I've been working with Bruce Matthews. Um, trying to improve my technique and you know a certain. And more things. So um now is that a Grambling State pro day or is that a yeah, I'm sorry. It's a Grambling State. It's a Grambling State. Okay. Yes, sir. And David, I wanted to ask a little bit about the, the senior bowl experience because you talked about it a little bit, right? You got you gotta got your, your feet wet a little bit in that first practice and then you were confident the rest of the week. I know the field was maybe a little different than a typical senior bowl week, just with the COVID protocols and the availability to talk maybe a little more intimately with some some um, NFL teams and all that sort. For you, just the experience overall, being down in Mobile. And you had something crazy because I was expecting Big David Moore to be playing guard all week, but I see a 350-pound man <laughs> snapping the football. That just experience in general, man. What was that like? Uh, overall, the experience down at, at um, the Senior Bowl, it was amazing. Um I had to soak it all in, you know. I didn't want to get overwhelmed by it and everything, so I just, you know, once I got down, I was the first one down um, out of all the the guys. So I got down. I got to my, you know, I got in my room. I had called my parents, you know, just let them know I arrived and things of that nature. Uh, and they were just, you know, happy. And you know, for me, just knowing my family is very proud of me and how far I've came, you know, just not even being in the field yet, you know, if God blessed me to get there, just to, you know, be in this position, you know, they're, they just, they in my back, they my backbone. So, um, called them, but, um, overall, I would say I'm just summing up like this, you know, it was a lot of tension, you know, among the guys, cause you know, they don't know what their future is going to be like. So for me, I just went in, carefree just having fun i just wanted to have fun so i was the big goofy guy with everybody just having fun on the piano here and there like it's a clip out there i was on the piano just having fun and stuff like that so uh i was just trying to be you know just the the spirit in the room that uplift everybody so that's pretty that pretty much sums up uh overall how it was with seeing ball but um when it came to playing it, yeah, you know, they threw me in the water, so I had to swim. So <laughs> they, they put me at center. Um, it actually, I actually loved it. I ain't, I'm not going to lie. Um, just, you know, snapping the ball and, you know, finding some work, just, you know, finding somebody to, you know, seek and destroy. So that was, that was, that was pretty cool. I, I felt natural there, too. So, you know, a little center, a little guard, whatever you need, you know. Um, I love I it. Play. Yes, sir. Well, it sounds like you're a three-hole guy, so you can play left, right, guard, and center. You know, and you're 350 pounds. I think you came in just a, a hair under 6'2", you know, but your arms were, what, 32 even or something like that? Yeah, like, I want to say 33 and a half. Oh, 33 and a half? That's good length, man. That's it's good, good length. length, great length, great size, great positioning. I know uh, the first day I, I threw my notes out for all the offensive linemen uh, the first day because I know you guys hadn't been in pads for a while. And even the guys that had been, it had been a month or so. So it was like, let me. But the second day, y'all took it to them. Like yeah. those D linemen got, got an education the second day because it was like, okay, you know, first day we all let you have it. Now the second day you're getting out the club. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. No ID. You have no ID. Can't get in. <laughs> I love it. David, I did want to ask you, because we mentioned Eddie Robinson, right, a historical figure. We had another – David Turner, I don't know if you saw this, but this was a really fun moment. The person that that reached out to David, David Moore, to give him his Senior Bowl invite was Mr. Doug Williams, who broke the news to him that he was invited. What was that like, David? Just look at – just thinking about that for – I mean, because – we're talking about another historical figure like Doug Williams. For him to, to be the one to deliver that news to you had to be a special moment. Yeah, man, that was crazy. Um, my agents, they had called me up. I want to say 
they called me up for some more gear, either some more gear or a via Skype Zoom meeting with somebody or a team of that nature. So I came up. They um, had a computer set up. So I went to the computer. I seen, you know, the great Doug Williams on the screen. I was like, you know, grandma legend, how you doing? You know, things of that nature. So he just started talking to me. Um, and then as we talked, he started to, to talk about the senior role. So I kind of, you know, I started thinking, okay, senior bowl. And uh, he like, you know, you're going to be playing the senior bowl. I was like, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But, uh, you know, I ain't, I'm not, you know, I'm just thinking he's talking right now. So then the, the hat came out and uh, the invitation, my agent had brought it out. I just, I seen it on the side of the table. I just couldn't stop, um, stop smiling. Um, and after that, it just, my brain just went blank. You know, I was just feeling joy. <laughs> I was just full of joy out of that moment, you know. So everything I did, I, I just barely can remember. Mm-hmm. Now, who, who, what agent did you wind up deciding to go with, and who's representing you through this process? Um, Select Sports, Select Sports Group. Um, Graylin Crane, that's my agent, and Jeff. I want to say Jeff Nagy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they, they do a great job of um, make sure I'm good. Yeah, I know them well. Know them well. Awesome. Yeah, they, uh, David Moore, I probably should have let you in. David Turner was in the scouting business for like 18 years in, in the uh, National Football League and a couple other leagues. So he knows most agents very well. So I'm sure he'll be hitting them up afterwards to uh, to say hello and, and uh, compliment you for being a great interview, which you always are, my friend. I really appreciate you taking some time. One thing I want to throw in there maybe before a final question is, you mentioned being able down to be in Mobile against the best of the best. I have not played since November 2019, uh, Thanksgiving 2019, and then you're thrown in, thrown into the sharks a little bit, swimming with the big guys. They perceive yeah. big fishes in the pond, right? Man, you have a great week. Is there a defensive lineman that you went against, though, that you would say is maybe the toughest matchup you had all week or just someone that for you was a good indicator of how good you are? That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, we had it was a lot of good guys on the, the defensive side. Um, ah, it's tough. I'm gonna have to. I don't know if I can just name one person though. It's just it's so hard, you know. You got Basham. You got um, Sample from Tulane. He was good. Um, I wanted to go against the the DN. I think his name is Heron. I think this is his last name for Georgia. Mm-hmm. He, got, he got me on the first day. I just wanted my I wanted my, my rematch. I wanted my rematch with him. So um uh, yeah, got hurt. You know, hope for speed recovery. But um it's tough because I know in the game, on the opposite side, they had some good players as well. The I wanna say um Washington defensive tackle, he was good. Texas oh, yeah. Texas mm-hmm. defensive tackle was a good one as well. So it's a it's a it's a it's a few I can throw in there. It's a few I can throw in there, but probably between um I wanna say between at practice Basham and probably um sample. Okay, now there are a couple of great ones. Carlos Basham especially is a guy that I've been a big fan of for Wake Forest, really talented. He can kind of do inside outside. He's got kind of that double duty type type of feel to his game, which I love. Keon Johnson again. Let's throw in Grambling alumni and HBC community is behind you. Good luck and take it all in. Hashtag Graham fan. So Keon is obviously behind you. Then a Grambling State alum. David, I kind of want to end you on this last question because I know that since then, I'm sure you've talked to a ton of NFL teams. Just just some maybe general feedback from them, how how they've perceived your game, how impressed they are with you, and maybe a couple teams that are sticking out to you as maybe being very interested at the moment. Uh, they love me so far. I can just say that. I, I don't want to say too much, but they they love me. They, they love me. They love me. Um, just continue, you know, to practice snapping. I can say that. Continue to practice snapping, um, and continue to you know continue to work hard. You know, I see a New Orleans Saints future in this young man. <laughs> hey, I love it, man. Hey, you know the whole. Oh, grandma be down in Louisiana. I mean, shoot. It's, hey, I, I want my fan in Louisiana, you know? New Orleans. You look good. You look good in it. You, know, black, you look good in it. Black and gold. You know, I just leave black and gold to go to another black and gold, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, it, it's, 
It's funny. It's funny. David brings that up, though, man, because honestly, David, when I was watching your film, I got a little bit of Carl Nix that used to play with the with the New Orleans Saints, the guard, a little flash of him. I just felt like there was a physical dominance there. It would be outstanding. I would love to see a 350 pound center, man. I haven't seen that. I don't think in my lifetime. So I would love to see that person. Wow. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna be 350 at the next level. I'm, I'm probably. <laughs> I'm down 15 pounds right now, so that's that's the plan to be, you know, 330, 325. That's good. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's a great weight. 325, 330, and playing center guard. I could see a lot of teams from Carolina to the Giants to, you know, a lot of teams like being very interested, even the Bills and stuff, you know, because that – day rosters there's only seven guys yeah. that play offensive line and so a guy like you that can play both guards and a center position and then they can activate a tackle who's a swing tackle mm-hmm. that saves them you know a roster saves them roster yeah. spots okay. so yeah your versatility is, is going to make you a lot of money young man yes, i appreciate that <laughs> Absolutely. So, so David, we're coming to the end of this interview. Going to give you like 30 seconds if you want to just throw out some Twitter handles, some social media handles, and, and anything that you just want to leave the, the viewers with. Um, Twitter handle, DAV60 underscore, Instagram handle, DMORE60 underscore. Um, you know, for me, I never, you know, in a million years would have thought I'd be here in this, this situation. So, you know, to all the you know the underachievers, all the guys that's out there that you know, yeah, have doubt. Just keep going. You know, keep working. You know, and you can be in my position. You know, and anything that you're trying to you know do, um, the career field. Just continue to work hard, put in the work, put God first, and you know, rely on your family, lean on your family, and and you'll 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 be here. <laughs> you'll be here. I love it, man. That's that's a great. I think that's a great note to end on, David. I really appreciate you, man. Again, taking some time. I know it's an extremely busy time for you right now, but it was a great just getting to catch up a little bit and just seeing what's going on in your world. Really appreciate it, man. I appreciate you taking the time to you know talk to me, man. I have a great night. Right, you too, David. Much. Take care. Oh, uh, man, that was a great, great conversation, David Turner. But I will say, it's nice that I only have one David on the set because now I don't have to say less names anymore. <laughs> I was laughing because you kept saying David. I'm like, wait, was that mine? No, that wasn't mine. Right. That wasn't I know. Me. I was he wasn't to, throwing I was, it to me. I was I was trying to hit in the, the Turners and the Moors in at some point, but um, really fun one, I think, to end the podcast on David because, again, not only is he an accomplished athlete, obviously the significance of playing for Grambling State University, one of the great traditions in college football, in college sports in general, I mean, we talked a little bit about Eddie Robinson. We talked about Doug Williams being the guy that delivered the Senior Bowl invitation to him. I mean, these guys are legends, right? Super Bowl MVP, Doug Williams, on top of what he did at Grambling State and the impact he's had since then. It's uh, just nice to see just a a varying perspective. Our our first HBCU player on here as well, which I know for you is something that's very close to your heart. It is. And you know what I got going on. I'm very transparent with you. And there's some very big announcements coming down the pipe here just in the next couple of days, which HCBU, HCB, HBCUs and everything. I get all excited about it. Um, so it's it's something I, I'm very passionate about. I was fortunate to work with, you know, many men that went through there from, you know, just so many great Raiders that, you know, Al Davis was one of the first legends to go into Grambling and Southern and draft players out of there and, you know, working with the great Willie Brown and stuff. It's just amazing that the education I got about these programs and then having friends from high school go to HBCUs and tell me about them and then scouting the players coming out of the HBCUs uh, for 18 years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, having David on tonight, but also what's coming. And it was a beautiful segue into the announcements that are coming the next few days uh, to have him on. So the timing, and again, it's, and, and I don't say this a lot, but it's a blessing. God's really got his hand on me right now with some of this stuff that's coming, the timing, the people that are in my life and, their vision and everything getting pulled together. It's just really amazing and a beautiful thing happening right now. So I'm truly excited and blessed to be in this and having David Moore on tonight was a special moment for me. Yep. Continuing that pipeline of proud tradition, not only 
from the school, but obviously professional athletes coming out. You mentioned Willie Brown. We mentioned Doug Williams, Aeneas Williams. There's been so many great football players to come out of these programs. Walter Payton. There is just like an endless amount that you can name the significance, not only historical, just from them being great football players, right? Like just the historical aspect, obviously, of the school in general outside of athletics. But then the, continuing that proud tradition of being those professional athletes to represent those great universities outstanding stuff to end this podcast want to thank everybody so much that has stuck with us throughout the podcast tonight want to thank everybody on whether you're on twitch you're on youtube you're on twitter we are here every tuesday nights 8 30 eastern time you can find our podcast on every platform that you find a podcast we would appreciate if you want to give us a like share it review it Apple Podcasts, especially if you want to go and say Ryan and David are the greatest podcast hosts of all time, throw a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it, but we truly do appreciate just every and all support that we have gotten here. Make sure you like, share, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. I'm at Rise and Draft. David is at Mav underscore sports. We'll be back again next week to dive headfirst into the sports world, the business world, and bring you some awesome interviews with industry professionals that you need to know. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts on today's episode, and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.